everyone and welcome to the Humble Heretics podcast, a space where we explore some of the tough questions that have pushed many people to the fringes of the Christian faith. like to say from the from the start that the idea for the title of this episode was entirely unanticipated. <laughs> <laughs> Put the blame on me. Yes. Now that is, a, that is a very relevant sentence to what we're about to talk about later. <laughs> Put the blame on me. Don't make me the scapegoat. So what's the title for this episode, Anna? It's called uh, The Devil Ain't Real. The Devil Ain't Real. Amen, or just brother. Devil Ain't Real. Amen. Either <laughs> <laughs> uh, way gets an amen. <laughs> So Anna, why did you want to do a podcast episode on this mildly controversial topic? <laughs> I had a hunch that there might be some some sort of differing opinions in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I have come to the point of believing or not believing, maybe is better to say, um, in a literal devil. Like as in someone in like spandex. <laughs> With a tail. Uh, <laughs> you know, like how the Halloween representation yeah. of the devil. He is real, I really hope. A little red <laughs> trident. <laughs> yeah, I just find it interesting because obviously he's written into the Bible, and I think a lot of Christians believe him to be like this. <laughs> this evil being that literally exists as a fallen angel and who wanders the earth like trying to lead people astray. Yeah. I think my favourite representation of this is in Job. That would have been better, actually. I do love that representation. Um, no, I love it in Job because literally the devil walks into a room where God is sitting and is like... Yeah, supposedly. He's yeah. like, all right, God. God's like, you all right, devil? How's it going? Because you, you have free access to... So well, this whatever this is. So it's just like a little chat going on. They have a little little chat, and then he they, they makes a bet. He makes a bet with mm. God, and like, God's like, "I'll take that wager." Yeah, yeah. God's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. You can like completely try and ruin somebody's life. I don't really mind." Um, as long as you don't kill his family at first. There was some like at first, yeah, yeah. So There's some like was, limits. As long on as that. you don't touch his family or or give him bad health, essentially. Yeah. And then later on, he just gets rid of that bit of the contract completely, and mm. basically, the devil can. Can kill was, anyone close to Job except for Job himself. Because it was basically like Job will never say anything bad against me, right? Yeah, the devil yeah. says that Job only worships God or like is you know is a good servant of the Lord because God blesses him and protects him. He says he says I think he says like you put a fence around him so like mm-hmm. nothing gets to him. So what if we take that away? Would he still? Mm-hmm. That's the premise, isn't it? So I just I just love that image of. Of the devil walking up to God and be like, right, let's have a bet. Mm. See who's right. And I think a lot of people take that story literally in the Bible as yeah. the devil can literally ask God if he can tempt certain people and then will go and interfere in their lives and like try sure. and cause havoc and like do really, really bad things to them. So was that important for you as a Christian, especially like when you were younger? Was it an important concept? Was the concept of the devil something that, like, mm. you thought about or that affected 
the way that you acted or lived. I remember thinking about it because it used to kind of scare me. Yeah. That there was this whole, not only the devil, but this whole realm of evil spiritual beings that were kind of out to get you and you had to like be on your guard and like try and protect yourself but on the whole on your guard absolutely like yeah and yeah I think as well there was that fear you kind of get scared into wanting to be with God and wanting to be in heaven when you die because the alternative is Mm. if you don't then you'll end up in hell with this horrible being for the rest of your life and he's going to torture you forever which looking back is is really quite a messed up thing to tell a child yeah like, sure but it's a very widely held belief that if you don't choose god and live in god's way then you'll get tempted by this being and you'll end up with that being in hell for the rest of your life when you die and some yep. would say that we are being tempted right now right now the way as we speak as we speak as we speak gosh as <laughs> well we don't go to church anymore oh i see right so it's uh, in our position our religious yes. slash spiritual position now is is a sign that with the devil has tempted us yeah. away. Yeah. Like that cartoon mm-hmm. picture. Where, oh, there's, I love that picture. Whereas, like, the first one is what I think when I ask questions, and mm-hmm. it's just a person asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is what my, my my church friends think when I ask questions, and it's like a, an image of the devil carrying the person away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely probably a widely held opinion that... Um, you know, you've let the devil get a foothold in your life if you... Yeah, don't give the devil a foothold. Gosh, that phrase. It actually gives me, like, PTSD hearing that phrase. Really? <laughs> I hate it. Oh, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Really. But I think, yeah, it's this kind of understanding that everything that's bad in the world has come from this being mm. and it is responsible for everything that's not good. Yeah. Um, the kind of source of evil, I think, is what I used to think it was. Sure. Don't and know. did you did you ever get told stories like... Uh, so I remember getting told stories along the lines of there were certain people, like really spiritual people, who um, woke up in the middle of the night and the, uh, yeah, and yeah. there was like something in their room and they were really freaked out at first and then and then they realised it was the devil and then they were like, oh, it's okay, it's only you. And they went back to sleep. I've been told that story. story. I'm pretty sure that's a famous guy, is it? The guy that wrote... Isn't that Smith Wigglesworth? Oh, okay. Oh, maybe. maybe. I, d- I have no idea. But, I just... but yeah, I definitely heard that story and I remember being like, if the devil was in my room at night, what would I do? Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the... Pr- that's the yeah, there's, two, there's two things wrong with that, really. First, it's the fear that the devil could just pop into your room, mm. that he's allowed to do that. Mm. Like, if he's real, he can appear at any moment. Yeah. And, and secondly, that you should be so confident as in faith as a Christian that it shouldn't even mm. bother you that if you turned up in your room. Yeah. And uh, you might be right. I, might, I feel like I've read it in a book in more mm. recent years, like of an actual biography or something. Mm. But years before that, I was told that story many times by various different people. Yeah. I remember directly after being told that story, then asking my youth leader at the time, do you, do you think the devil can hear our inner thoughts? Because I'd, you'd always get told that God knows everything that goes sure, through your mind. Yeah. And I remember being like, does the devil know what goes through my head? Like, What did they say? They said no. They said yeah. they didn't think that he could. That's why I was yeah. taught in yeah. Christian circles is that the devil can only hear what you confess. What you say out loud. Yeah. So your confession, confession should be like positive. Faith Which positive. I remember finding that freaky because then I was like, well, I've got to be careful about what I, what I say then. Because if I accidentally let slip something, then the devil will know. Yeah. And he'll use that against me. He'll know my secrets. He'll know all my secrets. But then also, as I kind of got old as a Christian, I began to realise things like uh, the devil is not omnipresent. 
So if the devil is real, yeah. even in classic like Christian teachings, he's not an omnipresent like being. That's what I was going to get to because I had always believed that he could be, that he was yes. omnipresent, and then more recently, somebody has told me that they believe he's not. Yeah. So how did how did that work out for you? Like, what do you actually? Well, what were you taught about that? Mm, I don't know if I was specifically taught anything. I maybe somebody randomly mentioned it at Bible college, like kind of in passing, and we were, and I was like, oh yeah. You know, even when I strongly believed that there was like a physical fallen mm-hmm. angel devil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as a kid, you think the devil could be anywhere, you know, he could mm-hmm. he could do anything at any moment. But actually, when you think about the statistics, <laughs> how many people, if, if he, you know, if he's out bothering people, like how many people there are in the, in the world, mm-hmm. chances of him coming and bothering you are pretty slim. Uh, but then also, I guess this, it was the, the idea of like, well, he's got... His little minions, and they say, "Oh, um, interesting." It's not just him that's doing the. the, the so he sends his little minions to his yeah, bidding, and they yeah. come and tempt you to do things that yeah. you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, that is interesting. So my the, the opinion that I held, um, you know, when you when you think of, we obviously like you read the Bible a lot, and oh, I did anyway. Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should share the story. <laughs> oh no, not no, now. This is not the time. <laughs> too fresh. Um, it's too raw, man. Uh, and you read about, like, there's so many people who are possessed. It mm. seems like everywhere Jesus went and the disciples went, mm. there were, like, possessed people everywhere. So well, kind of in my, you know, fundamentalist days, I would say things like people still are possessed in the mm. same amount that they were, but we just categorize it differently. Oh, that's so we call it, like, maybe, like, a mental health problem yeah. or some kind of illness. Which is definitely not what I feel like now, mm. but that that's that's the kind of conclusion you come to when you you have like the word first and then scientific development afterwards and you're trying to yeah. fit that back into the word to make it work. Um, whereas now I see it the opposite way, really, that actually the chances are people at the time weren't possessed well. but had some kind of illness that they didn't understand, so they just called it some kind of spiritual... Mm. Because what they, they understood everything in the context of this idea of God and spirituality, and mm. that there's like invisible stuff going on yeah. that they don't understand, so they just you know shoehorn everything into that category. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the other thing is, uh, as we were saying this earlier, that the, any kind of stories about interaction, people having like some kind of experience or interaction with a demon, is always like one person removed from mm. yourself. Mm-hmm. So I've ne- I've obviously never experienced anything like that. Uh, I maybe know some people that would claim to have experienced that firsthand, but even then I'm not sure how closely they've actually experienced it. Mm. So I always assumed a lot of these things were still going on, like in other countries. So mm-hmm. well, obviously we haven't got around to your story, your whole life story yeah. yet, Anna, but obviously a year of your life was spent in Uganda. Did you think that you were going to go and see a lot more of that kind of thing. Definitely, yeah, expected that a lot of sort of spiritual stuff would happen, like supernatural stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, you it's so stupid, but you hear all these stories of, like, um, missionaries who come back from these far-flung places and they're telling you all these stories about people they've raised from the dead and, like, demons that they've cast out and stuff. Yeah. So I remember thinking I would go and see all these, like, healings and, I don't know, crazy stuff. Um... What I did see was one particular village where they would bring, or I remember one particular occasion where they brought a young 
child who had a disability and started praying to cast the demons out of this young child who was clearly very frightened and um, yeah terrified basically all these adults were kind of circling around them kind of praying for this demon to come out for potentially over an hour wow um and i remember sitting there with my friend and watching this happen and just being like this is this is crazy like what kind of disability i'm trying to remember what it was i think a a developmental disability sure yeah um so, what, I mean, what that really is is just a lack of understanding, right? Of the medical causes yeah. of it, yeah. That's really sad. But I was quite shocked that that, that was happening. And I, and I think, fair enough, like you say, if you don't if you don't know what that is, then maybe that's the assumption you would, you would come to, is that it was a, a spiritual possession of that person. Um, yeah, sure. But, it, yeah, it did just make me sad that that was, you know, that that was happening still. But, um, then, but then haven't we, like... Uh, like the yearly conferences heard testimonies from people especially in the london church i felt like it was really seemed much more common that they would talk about it Mm, i'm not i'm not convinced that okay so i've heard the pastor of that church sharing stories of like things that they've experienced in terms of people being set free from some kind of spiritual oppression but again it's always it's like there's several steps of removal isn't it mm. so like i don't know those people before and after i've not seen them so it's it's yeah, everybody mm. i feel like every christian can say oh isn't there this story of this person i've heard this story of this person but the, I, I don't really meet anyone that says i had i've this i've i had this and then this happened and now i'm and now uh, I'm not. Now I'm released from that. Like, mm. I was possessed and now I'm not possessed. Yeah. Um. Mm. It's an interesting concept, really. I think I've just something just popped into my head that's kind of related and kind of not, but I, I do remember being told that um, the reason that Christians didn't engage in kind of in meditation of the specifically the Buddhist kind where you're trying to empty your mind to clear your mind was because that would allow space for a demon to enter in. Yeah, it was that verse of, like, um, <clears throat> where you you cast the demon out of a house and then sweep the house. Yeah, and, yeah. And then the demon just comes back That's with more, comes more of its pals and like comes back into an empty house. So, like, you're saying that if you meditate and clear... People used to teach if you meditate and clear your mind, yeah. that you're just creating a nice open space for the, for the devil to jump on in. <laughs> But it's true, though, because a lot... Like, I grew up thinking that those kind of practices were mm. devilish. Yeah. Like yoga and... <laughs> yoga. Yoga. I do that. Poor Anna. by the devil now, guys. Just yeah. <laughs> You've been doing yoga? <clears throat> yoga. How long have you been doing yoga? Um, Secretly for quite a while. Really? I used to do it when I was living at home still. No I was way. in the last years of school, because we used to do it in, in class, actually. It was part of PE class. No way. And so I used to do it. And I remember doing it and being like... Okay, so physically this is really hard. Spiritually, I feel absolutely nothing. So why yeah. is this supposedly spiritually taboo? So taboo, yeah. So then I used to do it at home, just like do a little oh. video, and do a little video. Like not of me. Like I would oh, right. watch a video, oh, I see. do yoga from the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was remember doing it and thinking like I don't feel like I'm yeah. possessed by the devil yet. 
But really, like, saying you can't do yoga because it's got... Is it not because of the, some kind of, of the origins of it? So, yeah. like, you worship the sun. There's, like, sun mm. movements and, like... Yeah, the actual poses, I guess, are, yeah. are representative of worshipping a different deity. Yeah. I remember having this argument with someone, though, and saying that surely if the god I worship is the Christian god, then I'm doing a worship pose. Can that not be to that god? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. why does it have to be to, to this other yeah. god? Why? Because people used it originally for, for that. Yeah. Well, everyone's used, like, putting their hands up in the air as some kind of worship, haven't they? Well, yeah. We've no, got no problem with doing that in a, worship, in a Christian yeah. worship mm-hmm. setting. So, I do find it quite fascinating that we've latched onto that as a specific example. Mm. I think it's becoming less so now. Like, I know a lot of Christians who aren't really against it. Um, but at the same time, I know a fair few that, that would condemn it as, as evil. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a whole load of things. That, I mean, it's a, funny, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because Christians... I've heard a lot of Christians talking about, especially, like, the more evangelical Christians talking about how you don't have to be afraid at all of the devil mm-hmm. or demons and that we have, like, we have the authority. Yeah over him um but at the same time it seems historically people avoided mm-hmm. lots of things or made a lot of things taboo that they were, they were seen to be in any way associated because because of that phrase like you can't yeah. give the devil a foothold yeah so like you know the whole like harry potter thing that we always talk about <laughs> it was like but people was taught in churches that you should not let your children watch harry potter mm-hmm. because it's got witches and wizards and the best story Ever. It's great, huh? Agreed. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I've discovered that as an adult and I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> I feel like you're right though. I think there's a lot of fear that if you let even a little bit of something in that isn't quite wholesome or good, that it will kind of destroy you or something. Or yeah. it, will, it will get into you and it'll kind of I don't know, it'll like infect you from the inside in some way. But that's why it's like everyone has got a brain and a mind. Mm. And like if you it depends how you engage in those things, isn't mm. it? Because like I'm very aware that Harry Potter is a is a fiction book, and yeah. none of us are sadly going to Hogwarts. <laughs> Got it. Still waiting. <laughs> yeah, poor my letter. Still waiting for my letter. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming but I mean, it's just been delayed. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you like are just aware, like oh, it's just the story. Mm. I don't know. Is that? Yeah. What do you make of um, mediums and stuff? Tarot cards. No, thank you. Ouija boards. We just talked about this earlier. Yeah. So I... This is the thing, because I don't take it seriously now, because I'm like, ah, pff, none mm. of that's real. It wouldn't... Like, I would go to a tarot card reader and not really think anything of it. Just think of it as a bit, a bit of a joke. What are tarot cards? Um, I'm not shocked I've never been. Oh, aren't they, like, weird... Like a deck of cards. Yeah, with like outcomes of oh, life. Outcome. And they oh, mean different things yeah. and they like pull them out pull and out they and say like, like, oh, this is what's going to like... Yeah, this is what's going to happen in your life. Or, like, but I have no said, idea. We're going to meet a tall, handsome man this yeah. year. But even or like woman. before I became a Christian, <laughs> I didn't really... I was mm. really uncomfortable. Yeah, lots of people are. With yeah. any of that. It doesn't make... It doesn't mean that they have any kind of belief in the afterlife. Mm. No. But still, people who say, oh, I don't believe in anything after death death are still a f- very weirded out and afraid mm. of those sorts of things i do find the idea of trying to contact people who have already died yeah. that makes weird. me feel a little bit uncomfortable because even though i'm i don't think it's possible i still don't well i just don't see the point really of trying yeah so that my housemate that i had at uni right so she i think it was in like second year her grandma died or granddad i can't remember mm. one of her grandparents died uh, and she was really close to them uh, and so her parents took her over the holiday. Took her to a medium to contact the dead grandparent, 
uh, and she came back absolutely convinced that a vampire had communicated through this medium. Mm. Um, uh, and I, th- I think one of the things was she, I think her grandparent, the medium on behalf of her grandparent used some specific version of her name that her grandparent used to call her by. Uh, but apart from that, everything else that she told me was very generic. Like, generic like how a lot of modern prophecy is really generic. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say something and it can mean something to ten different people, but it will mean a different thing to mm-hmm. all of them, but they'll all take it and be like, yeah, that, that was really specific for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was things, just like you say, like, oh, the man that you're going to meet this year is going to be, like, the one for you, and this year is going to be really important. And mm-hmm. So those sorts of things. Um, I feel like that's, like, so dangerous, isn't it? If it, it feels, like, yeah. weird that, like, that could, like, really base decisions about yeah. your life. But like, then people yeah. would say the same thing about prophecy. What I was about to say, yeah, that's, but no, that's I how think I that's, feel about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so know. more risky than people People in, 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 like, evangelical churches, like, dish out prophecy all the time. Yeah. yeah. I've been given countless prophecies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyway, prophecy, we can talk about that another yeah. time. But, but uh, um, for her, it did, from what I could gather, give her like a real sense of closure. Mm. And yeah. I, think, I think maybe because she didn't get to see that grandparent leading up, like in the kind of time leading up to the death, maybe yeah. she felt like she wanted to speak to them one last time for closure. Mm. So I don't know whether or not, you know, I was. I, I think there was no communication there at all with this dead relative personally, mm. but it was helpful for her. So yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think it would be weird if she kept going back and trying to have like Saturday afternoon chat catch ups with. You know, it's because then it is just deception, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone's making money out of it yeah. as well, which doesn't sit very well with me. But yeah, like you say, if if that helped her to move on, then that was really. Yeah useful for her then but what was amazing to me at the time as a christian was that i was like you have no belief in Mm. anything after death or that there's like a soul inside a person Mm. so what do you actually think you're i never asked her this because it was obviously like really personal to her but i always thought sort of what what do you actually think you're communicating with Mm. yeah if there's nothing left i was like "I, i believe that you probably at the time i believe that she probably could have communicated with her Grand, whatever grandparent, um, because I believed in kind of the soul and that the fact that there's something after death. Mm. So, you know, I found it strange. That, that was the clo- that's probably the closest I've been to someone who has had some sort of experience mm. with spirits. I guess. Yeah, I live with someone who, when her sister went to some kind of meeting where they like contacted angels and stuff. Yeah, right. And she said that her sister had like. I can't remember, but, I mean, like, experiences. And I remember she was asking me, like, you know, like, do angels do that? And I, and I was, like, had you know, not <laughs> been a Christian, Christian, like, a very a very long time. And I was, like, oh, sounds kind of weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But I guess I've just always been kind of weirded out. Mm. So I'd rather, like... You're like, I'll Presently play it on the same side. <laughs> Just steer clear of it altogether, kind of thing. I was yeah. so arrogant as a Christian that I almost wanted to do some of those things. What? Because I was so confident that I had like power and authority. 
I was like, yeah, bring, bring it on. Like, let's... We'll wage war on those demons. Because some, fr like, some friends of mine at uni were on about getting a Ouija board. I was like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? I'll sort it out, won't I? Hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you were quite something when you were straight out of Bible school. And so I think that was pretty. Wow. Because even though I had, you know, none of my life resembled Christianity at all, really, the way I was living at uni, but I still had that confidence, like, you know, you know I'm born again. The Holy Spirit, so you, you can't touch this. Ah! <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that must have come from somewhere. I must have picked up that idea mm. over the years of mm. being in church and whatnot. Yeah. So did you guys actually believe then that there was this devil that would roam the earth and or send out his minions and look for people to, to lead astray or to, to cause suffering to? Yeah, it's never yeah. something I questioned. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm even, I'm not even sure, like, what I believe now. Mm. I'm just like, I just, I'm not sure. I think there's things that we don't understand and that we're not aware of. But I, I, doesn't really go any deeper than that. I can't really articulate mm. in any kind of, <coughs> I just can't, I don't know. Mm. I remember never knowing um, where the the idea came from in the Bible, hmm. like where the actual origin of this devil figure came from, because there's obviously this serpent. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the idea of the devil comes in later, right? That, well, that whole fallen angel story. Where does that come in in the Bible? Yeah, so that's what I was trying to find. So it's uh, <laughs> it just makes me think of dark his dark materials by what? Philip Pullman, because <laughs> he has like. Like a, I think he's it's like an atheist writing of mm. a fool and mm. my god is like in a box an <laughs> angel in a box that's like slowly dying do you mind I just cough a bit go on Still <coughs> <coughs> it's the popcorn phlegm is that better <coughs> nice still struggling right you sound better than you did on two nights yeah ago, so. no it's getting there good uh, so the kind of cla the the classic verse is in Isaiah 14 um, and but it's actually what I found and what I, what I thought originally which is when before I looked this up was that these passages aren't actually direct descriptions of something that happened in the heavenly realms they're actually a prophecy so in this in this instance mm. it's a prophecy Isaiah's given a prophecy to uh, it's about Babylon and I know that people draw a lot of Similarities between Babylon and the, and essentially evil or the devil, and like that's supposed to represent evil and the devil throughout the kind of Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But the verse says, uh, basically, how how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn, you've been cut down to the ground, O destroyer of nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, I will sit on the mount of assembly. In the far reaches of the north, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you will be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. It goes on. But that's, mm. the, that's the idea that I was always familiar with growing up, was that the story goes that there's this angel in heaven mm. who decides that they want the same, they want to make themselves like God. They want to kind of take his authority. And so God casts them out into hell. Yeah. That's that, But... But it's really, it's just a metaphor for this nation of Babylon, right? Yeah, if it's describing Babylon, yeah, how like, do we know that's about the devil? Too, yeah, well, you know? we don't, do we? So. Yeah, but that's a story I had always heard as well. Yeah. 
So does Jesus mention him at all? Yeah, of course he does, yeah. But I'm, I'm just trying to get yeah. to the origin of, like, where does that origin come from? from? But, yeah, it's definitely mentioned in the in the Gospels, isn't he, that, I mean, Jesus went out to the wilderness and supposedly was tempted by... Yes. They say by Satan, by the devil for yeah. however long. But you don't know whether... The difficulty with that is you don't know whether Jesus told his disciples mm. exactly the devil came and tempted me or whether that's how, in, how they interpreted his experience in yes. the wilderness. It's, that, it's very difficult to draw a conclusion mm. off that. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing that it is a being rather yeah. than a metaphor for for evil. Like, yeah, sure. for the fact that maybe Jesus went out into the wilderness and for 40 days was tempted by things in his own mind. Like, mm. yes, you could do this, you could escape from this, you could get food, you could yeah. do whatever. Um, yeah, I suppose that... Almost like a battle of consciousness. Mm, yeah, like almost like an angel and a devil on your shoulder, but the devil, like, is part of your, your conscious telling you to... I don't know, to give in to the temptation or to do the thing that you know is wrong. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's probably more where I sit now. Mm. Yeah, I suppose the physiological responses of fasting for 40 days are... <laughs> Hallucinations. That would do a lot for me. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I, I'm not sure, to mm. be honest. I, I'm very... I almost very reluctant to, to, to say, no, I don't believe in mm. a devil. Um, I do, however, see a lot of problems with believing in a devil. Mm. Um, because I think it becomes just essentially a way of blaming bad things for the Christian. Yes. Yeah, sure. So that's happening because of the devil, rather than just admitting, okay, like, mm. we all have a capacity for evil inside of us. Uh, and it's not because of the devil, it's just there. Like, we all have the yeah. ability to, to let our personal greed override our decision-making and, yeah. like, do things that harm other people for the benefit of ourselves. Uh, so I, I suppose I probably see it now more as that, as, like, the devil represents the capacity for evil that mm. each of us yeah. mm. uh, contains. Mm. Um, yeah. But then oh, I think, like, oh, when... You know, you become, like, a Christian and, like, you're trying to almost, like, work out that capacity of evil. But I really... Does it really go away? Do you see what I'm trying to say? So, like, when you get saved, you feel like you're, like, this new person. You're, like, reborn. Mm -hmm. And do you... And, like, uh, like, Paul says, like, the renewing of the mind and, like, the flesh and the spirit... They talk about being ongoing, though, right? Yeah. It's never like, okay, you're saved, now you've got no evil left. <laughs> you are pure. Yeah, so that's, I don't think that's even, like, something that mm. people would teach in Christian circles, is it? Most, but most of what I remember from being taught is that it's an ongoing process of constantly moving away from evil into mm. holiness. Yeah. Oh, glory to glory. 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 <laughs> I do think that idea of a scapegoat, though, is particularly relevant because mm. I think <clears throat> if you can put the blame on something else other than yourself for not only your actions, but, yeah, for everything that happens in the world, like suffering, yeah. well, that's, it's the devil. And, you know, if I do something wrong, it's because the devil tempted me. 
I don't know if people use it as much like that, but I kind of think it stops you from instead taking a long, hard look at yourself and being like, I have things I need to sort out and things yeah. that I do that are wrong. And I can't blame that on anyone. That's me. That That's come from me. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's this idea that it's somehow separate from us, that this kind of evil isn't a part of us, like, to our very core. And, yeah. I think the whole idea of good and evil is an interesting one. Yeah. Because... I I guess a lot of Christians would say those that concept of good comes from from God or it comes from you know if you want to look at Genesis it comes from from that tree that Adam yeah. and Eve ate from and they then discerned what was good and what was evil mm-hmm. but I think I would more take the argument that our conception of what is good and evil is constantly developing over time what we think is good now is so different to what we maybe thought was good thousands of years ago as yeah, human yeah. beings yeah um, things that are acceptable, sorry, unacceptable now may have been acceptable many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure things will continue will to shift. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think there's these kind of mm. objective ideas of what is good and what is evil. No, yeah. So then that makes me hard, hard for me to think that there is an evil being because I think yeah. that means there is this objective evil, if that makes sense. If I was playing the evangelical, I would probably argue that we're just constantly moving closer towards what is the true mm, good. Right? That is very interesting. We're thinking of it, yeah. Um, but that we may never get there until Jesus returns and restores mm. the earth, kind of thing. Which I suppose is what I've believed yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I also think but, it stops us making that making the effort though to like to try and make this world yeah. as good as we can to try and get rid of the suffering and evil because mm. again that idea that somehow, well, that Jesus has already won is the argument that he's actually defeated the devil yeah, when he sure. died on the cross and rose again that actually we don't have to be worried about suffering in a way yeah people used to say that obviously jesus has defeated the devil mm. but then they used to say that the devil doesn't he hasn't figured it out yet like he doesn't know it yet i never got that concept yeah. i was like how but they were still in like a spiritual battle yeah. yes and i never understood that because i thought if god is all powerful he could have just defeated the devil and be done with it and just have no evil but instead yeah. there's still bad stuff that happens yeah, but people used to say that, like he's trying to, he won't go out without a fight. Yes. It's like he's lost, but the battle isn't there. Oh, they, they, used to, they used to kind of draw parallels to battle, the famous battles where they kind of, there's a moment where the battle's yeah. won, but it doesn't mean the fighting ends at that moment, yeah. right? So that people know they've lost, but they carry on fighting just to go out. Yeah. That's been happening but for a long time. I remember you telling me this, actually. Yeah, sure, like 2,000 years is... Yeah. So it doesn't add up to me. Logically, I'm like, yeah. if he's dead, then, he's dead, you know. You know, a day is a thousand years. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's also <laughs> confusing. And yeah, Where are we on this space time? I suppose, I suppose my take on it is if, if there's a God who is all good, then he doesn't want evil in the world. And if there's a God yeah. who is all powerful, then he could get rid of that evil. And yeah. then it's like, then God's not a puppet. He's not a puppet master, is he? Mm. Because that, that, yeah. that's when free will comes into it, isn't it? Because, like, God, I don't think he controls people. He can't. Yeah. I don't know if that's... An, if he exists, a... he can't, like... Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. ...control people. You still have your own mind and your own free will. So I don't fully agree with that either, which is interesting, because I think that if... I know this is kind of going off topic, but I think if God made the world and made all the laws that exist in the world he could quite easily have made human beings capable of not choosing things that were bad for them or bad for other people Mm. you could create a world where there's still choice but there's only choice to choose what is good 
I can, but I then can would it really be choice? Choosing between two things that are both good? You could say that there's certain thing, <clears throat> things that we can't choose now, that we just don't know that we can't choose yeah, them. Yeah, the whole Even the whole concept of choice is created by... Yeah. Could, if we believe God made the world, he created the concept of choice. Like, we wouldn't know we had choice if he didn't create maybe, that. Maybe God took away the choice of ours to be able to, to fly without an airplane. <laughs> but we never knew that yeah. we had that choice, so it's not a choice. No, I, I think what I would have argued... If I was going to play the evangelical again, but put that hat on, yeah, put my evangelical hat on. I should just get a hat and then just right. evangelical. Not really sure the effect would be the same on the podcast. But, uh, I would have, I would have. So my lines of people who asked me about this uh, would have always been essentially. Uh, so what God has always wanted is you see it all through the Bible as a people that He can call His own, mm. so His own people, um, but. And this is probably where it gets a little bit shaky, is that God wants those people to choose him. And so to have like a mutual relationship with someone, you both have to choose to be in that relationship, Mm. right? So that's why God gives free will, gives you the ability to choose him or not to choose him. Mm -hmm. And when we choose, when we don't choose him, Mm. that's where like suffering and evil. Yeah. Uh, comes from that's yeah. why there's suffering in the world is because we're not all choosing but it, it, like, it falls down doesn't it yeah. Christians it does. have done so many terrible things and plus it's that, that I don't know if I'm using the right word that dichotomy is that what I mean of choosing God and not choosing him so like yeah. if you choose him everything's good for you Yeah. but why is it that not choosing him automatically leads to death Everything and suffering and yeah. bad stuff also choosing him doesn't necessarily mean not death G- yeah. and suffering yeah, yeah, and bad yeah. stuff and the, in the bible it says like <laughs> Who is it that's come? Oh, is it David who's complaining about like why? Why do the wicked prosper? And... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it kind of. That's that's more of a prosperity argument. I'm saying that I would have argued that mm. you're would not choosing God would cause like suffering and harm, not necessarily to you, but in the world, in the world like gen- generically. Yeah. Um, but then it's again, it's the idea of you know when you you were in Uganda and you. Um, at the school and you got taught that uh, what was it about like non-Christian charity organisations oh yeah that none of them could do good work like only Christian charities yeah were actually and their reasoning was their reasoning yeah they had an argument for it gosh probably I don't remember I think I remember tell me if I'm wrong here but they said that if it's not a Christian organisation, then essentially its roots are the oh, devil. Yeah. And yeah. so everything that they do is born in evil. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it doesn't matter if they're bringing, you know, water and aid and medicine to people and who really need it. It's still not good in the way. It's <laughs> terrible. What? It's what just a... Yeah, it's such a closed-minded way of thinking. Mm. Like, only Christians in the world can do good. Mm. That's just a, what a stupid statement. This is clearly not true by yeah, anybody's no. measure of what is good and evil and evil yeah. in the world. Yeah, there is literally no evidence to back that. What I find no, yeah. what <laughs> even harder about that is, as we've said, that in a lot, well, in a lot of Christianity that I've come across, there has been sometimes worse, I would say, worse actions than in atheistic communities or non-religious yeah. communities or in other religions. Yeah, the fighting within Christian yes, yeah. Christianity is, causes, well, in religion in general, causes yeah. horrendous things. People, yeah. obviously, people fight and have yeah. wars outside of religion, but Definitely. historically, a lot of them have been yeah. the response of religion. Yeah. yeah.